0: Hey, race fans! Hall of Famer Darrell Waltrip here. You know it's time to drop the green flag on another edition of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Kaysomatic. So, hey, pull those bells tight one more time. Here's my buddy Hermie Sadler and Senator Bill Stanley. Boogity boogity boogity. Let's see what they have to say, boys and girls.
1: I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I am leaning right.
2: And I'm former NASCAR driver and Fox Sports analyst, Hermie Sadler, and I am turning left, leaning right and turning left with Sadler in the Senator. And as always, we are
1: powered by Pacer Maddie. What are you doing, Hermie? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Well, I was doing great until I got to your Sadler Travel Plaza here in South Hill, where we're taping and your bathroom attacked me. So I'm a little moist over here, if that makes any difference to you.
3: Cut <laughs> <laughs> clarification. So, please. You know.
1: No, no. I went into the bathroom. I was checking out my hair, washing my hands. You shouldn't do two things at once, and the water splashed all over my pants, and it looks like a uh, was it deep? Look, looks like I've been here twenty five like years. To the and and never our, took my pants. Twenty five years, I got
2: our first complaint on yeah. the height yeah. of the <laughs> blow dryer in the bathroom. Well,
1: no, that was the that's. And it comes from part. a sitting United States <laughs> senator, not United States. No, I would never Virginia. cross the Potomac, Virginia. No, so I go in the bathroom, you know, and and I get my pants when I'm like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous, and I see one of those hand dryers, you know, that you put oh, your yeah. hand in and goes woo, and so I'm like, oh, here's a way to do it. So I'm sitting there, you know, and I've moved my. Of course, it's in the area, and I've moved real close to it, and I'm making sure that the thing is going. And this guy pops out of your uh, stall, big and, truck driver. Uh, yeah, big truck driver. Bubble. And I've never seen anybody leave a bathroom so fast in my life, and <laughs> without washing his hands, <laughs> he did not wash his hands. He walked right out. He thought he was fine. And uh, so, usually, you come to a truck stop and you see somebody doing something weird. Well, it was me this time. So, well, thanks, was sort water cold, Senator? It was very cold, oh, okay. and it's still it's it's deep. cold. Mm-hmm.
2: So you've already jumped the gun a little bit, but we do need to. <laughs> Set the stage. We are at Saddler Travel Plaza of South Hill, Virginia, a dealer for Pilot, Flying J, and Shell Motiva products. This place has been here a long, long time. 30 All years of those almost.
3: companies deny any knowledge of this podcast. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll introduce our
2: guest. Of course, always good to be with you, and with uh, you. Senator Stanley. And we're bringing back By Popular Demand. Yes. The uh, I say he's the man in charge, but he has yet to really uh, embrace that title at Boyd Chrysler Dodge Jeep mm-hmm. over here. Mr. Shep Moss and Ram and Ram. He is uh, more importantly, member of town council here in South Hill, at least for the time being. Well, you know, he's got time. the
1: nickname. He's got the nickname Burn Pile. So it's Shep Burn Pile
4: Moss. Burn Pile Moss. It's hot in South Hill right It now. is. Yeah.
2: And on this particular episode, you know, you told me last week. Ermie, we want to make this podcast about you, which I'm not a big fan of, but that's what you said you wanted to do. <laughs> so I thought to myself, who, along with Shep, has great knowledge of events of my past or happened to have been there or tried to talk me out of or partook in with me, and that is none other. Now, a couple of weeks ago, y'all remember, we played – Some of the commercials we did with Rock, Dan, and Greensboro. Oh, yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sadler Auto Center of South Hill, where the star of the best commercial in that run of commercials, he played the, quote-unquote, nerdy, obnoxious car salesman. That would be, and that made him famous. Always has been famous. That would be Greg Thrift, the Honorable Greg Thrift from right here in South. Heel Virginia Gregg, that's
3: that's Greg Dumpster Fire Thrift Dumpster Fire. <laughs> well, if he can be brush pile, yeah. Hey, now let's what? let's let's uh, let's let's help the audience
1: to remember. And you have, if you haven't uh, listened to that podcast, it's one of our better podcasts. All of these podcasts we've done are great, but this one was a really incredible conversation. I mean, it was. You know, I had brought these clips, uh, put them on the board. Brad Tuesday, our executive producer, put them on the board, and, and I was needling needling our boy Hermie over there about it and thought it was so funny. Wasn't and then that we that got a huge uh, into a huge deep conversation about his, re- his relationship with the wrestler Dwayne The Rock Johnson back in the day. And so if you don't mind, uh, we have that clip, one of your great Oscar winning performances there, Greg, that I think the audience just <laughs> needs to hear again. So if you don't mind, I'm going to tell uh,
3: Brad here. Brad, do you mind playing it? Hello, Mr. Rock. Can I help you? Well, the says it, it doesn't matter if I can help you. You see, I know what you're looking for. A great car at a great price for the great one, right? Well, we're no jabronis around here. We're not checking you into the Smackdown Hotel. How about this baby right here? Well, the rocks. says- I know hey, what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, sure, I can do it. I can knock a couple of bucks off for you. I smell what you're cooking. Hey, where are you going? The Rock's going to Sadler Auto Center, jabroni. Was it something I said?
1: Well, now we got the video too, and I don't know. That looks like maybe your son, or grandson. <laughs> compared, that's, that's we look like a pinnacle had... game right now in the corner of this. My question uh, is center. to
2: you, Greg. Before we get into this conversation. When The Rock talked to you that way and said he was, and called you a jabroni, yes. and walked out of the showroom, did it ever cross your mind to slap him across
3: the face? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> basically because I came up to his waist. <laughs> but I have to, he is one of the nicest guys I have ever had the, the pleasure, the, the honor to meet. And, and I, once we get into the story about Florida, you and I, we went to dinner with him and his yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. Nicest guy ever. And The I, trip to Florida on one of these trips to take the Cadillac, I took Greg with me is, is well, quite Well, what a mistake that was.
4: Her, Hermie's still paying for that dinner, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I, bet,
3: I bet the Rock still calls Greg. It calls me something. Listen, that, that commercial, as a matter of fact, was the last commercial we recorded that day. We did about four or five that day. Yep. We were running out of time. We were doing it in Terry Labonte Chevrolet. We were running out of light, the ambient light coming in. So they we did two takes and the commercial was too long. And they weren't gonna do it. They almost scrapped it. The director, he was getting a little a little miffed, shall we say. Anyway, honestly, Rock pulled me aside. He said, Look, here's the way we're gonna do this. You say this, I say this, you say and the director came over and he looked at him and he said, Hang on, we got this. And he said, "You do this, I do this, you do this, this." And he said, "We'll get it in in thirty seconds, and we'll be under time." And and, it, and we did it. And we, the next take was it, and that's what you heard. And you played a perfect
4: nerdy, obnoxious call salesman. I wonder why. It's not a reach. <laughs>
3: Typecasting, <laughs> not a
4: reach. Wasn't that podcast called "The Day the Rock Took Hermy for Granted"? That's exactly right. <laughs> I, and and everybody's know, having grand, fun except Hermie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, and I got to tell you, um, I usually come up with the titles and I do the summaries for a podcast. Uh, but that, that one came from Brad Tuesday. I'd said, Brad, oh, I want to really? unleash your creative side. And so all the way home, I had to listen to some of the worst titles he had ever thrown out about what this would be. He calls me up about 930 that night and says, I got it. He said, the, the time when the rock took Hermie for granted. And I said, you got to be kidding. That's me. perfect. Unbelievable. So good thing for uh, Brad Tuesday. He came through. Brad, you all the man. I
2: know you're not going to get any credit for the most part, but you all the
1: man. He is, It has is unleashed a new side of Brad so, Tuesday. So
2: what are we going to accomplish today, Senator?
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, you brought the, the friends over. And I think what we're going to talk about today is, you know, there's so many interesting facets about you. But I think what we're going to talk about are those times in the past when you're involved with wrestling. How you got involved with wrestling, certain wrestlers. Mm -hmm. We've got some things queued up here that I think we'll probably play. But these are the two gentlemen that were around you during those times. I know they've got some great stories. So I'm thinking... Let's talk about that. That's an interesting side of you, Hermie. And, yeah, when I, I told you, I said, you know, we really need to do a deep dive on Hermie's uh, history because there's so much to it, so many layers. It's something that we should not uh, overlook. And especially, I think you're the hook. I'm just a senator overlook. over some here. Some of it we need to overlook. <laughs> no. Not all of it. Well, you know, in, in last week's podcast, which was with Brett Griffin, I loved it. The opening was, uh, Hermie lays down some ground rules. We will not talk about anything that happened after 8 o'clock at night or anything that ever happened in Vegas. We never went to Vegas. And so Brett opened with a story about uh, 8 o'clock in Vegas. He said, <laughs> well, it was after 8 o'clock. We were in Fontana, California. And Hermie decided
2: we want to take the rental car on the racetrack at midnight, and which we did. All oh, that's true. True. But we had the president of the Speedway in the car with us. So and they got pace. pulled over by All four pace. cops
1: like within about. We never four made it mile. Down the backstretch when we got pulled over. What I love the best about that story was Brett Griffin. The, the cops asked his name. He said uh, Larry Bird.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and you know Brett's a great guy. He's he a great is guy. a great guy. I
1: right, look before we get to that. You know we do like to do a
2: leaning right and a turning left moment at the beginning of the podcast. So we're gonna. Lean right first, Bill. I've got a couple things I want your opinion on, but you want to get your sponsor plug in for yes. your
1: leaning right moment? Yes, we've had consistency here with the leaning right moment. Again, sponsored by the beautiful, the wonderful downtown. In Farmville, Virginia, Charlie's Waterfront Cafe, owned and operated by Tom Graziano, my old roommate from Hamden, Sydney. A wonderful restaurant, great food, great fun, overlooking the Appomattox Creek or River. Uh, I get conflicting stories, whether it's a creek or a river. It's small, so I'm guessing it might be a creek, but it criver. flows very well. A criver. Criver. They're very good. And uh, it's got great outdoor and indoor dining. Down below is the tasting cellar, which uh, serves wine and, and wonderful food as well. Right next to the Greenfront Furniture Uh shop, and it's right in an old warehouse, and they've really redone it really nicely. So if you're going to Farmville, you're going to visit with your kids, maybe at Longwood University Hampton City College, or you just going down there to furniture shop or just to see the sights in Farm Vegas, go see Tom Graziano at Charlie's Waterfront Cafe. Good food, good fun, good people, a good guy, Tom Graziano.
2: All right, and Shep, you and Greg can chime in anytime you want to on these, but really the main platform or the main reason we started this podcast was to... Keep small business owners and people across the Commonwealth of Virginia updated on the progress of our lawsuit against the Commonwealth of Virginia as it relates to government overreach into small business with their unlawful, unconstitutional ban of skill games. Luckily, so far, we've had success. We've got an injunction that is in order right now, allowing small businesses across the Commonwealth at a time when they really, really need it to operate these machines legally and get the revenue from that. But now, Senator, my question to you, uh, this podcast drops on Thursday. So let's say tonight, by midnight, it's my understanding is the deadline that the governor has to act on issues within the budget. So am I right on that? And uh, if so, what is your gut feeling? What are you hearing? What are people saying on what the governor might do? What might not he do? How could... These next couple of days affect all these hundreds of small businesses that are waiting to hear from the governor on this new skill game potential ban language they inserted into the budget a couple of weeks ago. Well,
1: I think, you know, what you're seeing right now is a kind of a chess match between the General Assembly, which is always there. I've said in, in previous podcasts, it's kind of like uh, cockroaches after a nuclear war. The General Assembly will still be there. Governors move on. This governor who has had no political experience before being elected, but has done an excellent job navigating those waters and not being afraid to take on that leadership, take on those old senators and old House of Delegate members that that have been there maybe uh, a long time or maybe too long and have have assumed certain uh, powers and and authority and and like to flex it. So what you have right now is we're in the moment where a budget has passed out of the House and the Senate. Uh, that budget is now reviewed by the governor and the governor's people. He proposes amendments, vetoes things, red lines them with a pen. We have that red line line item veto that they want so badly in the federal government, and they give it to the, to the governor, but not the president of the United States. And so what we're going to see is some things come back, I think, in some change of priorities. His challenge is, though, is to work within what the priorities were of the two bodies, the House and the Senate, Uh, while at the same time making sure that his agenda gets passed or that his agenda is recognized. So I think we're going to see some amendments. Uh, Ultimately, I don't think, because I think the marijuana recriminalization uh, was a deal that was made between the House and the Senate in exchange for the skill game language. Uh, The marijuana recriminalization for certain amounts of possession uh, was a priority of the governor. So um, those kind of go hand in glove. So if he amends one, he may put at risk the other and so that's in the negotiation unfortunately it's horse trading it's uh it's not something that you see you know always on the up and up but the governor's been acting accordingly and i think uh, what we're going to have to do Hermie, is we have to anticipate that he's not going to amend the budget to either extend the effective date from when he signs the budget and it goes into effect july 1st for the new language on skill uh to november when our court case is set so What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to then go right back in. And I think the court, attorney general's office, we all anticipated that this might happen. It's happened. Uh, So we set our court case off to November and we may reset and just say, okay, let's have them both heard at that time, either by agreement or by the court order. Uh, If we have to amend the pleadings, we're planning on doing that. We've been working on that. Uh, So we're going to go in there and try to get something done. So all matters are heard uh, by the November 2nd court date. One thing I'm going to tell you, Hermione, I've said it before, I don't think anything that they wrote in that budget amendment, even though it radically changes criminal law, the criminal code in the the Commonwealth of Virginia, which is almost unheard of and quite frankly, I think unwise and sets a bad precedent. We've talked about that before. I think what the real problem is, is that what they put in there is a bunch of gobbledygook, a bunch of crap, and it doesn't affect our injunction, our current injunction at all. We just want to be clear. And we should have those two matters, one being SB 971, which we've talked about, the unconstitutional man of skill games, put together with this language, which is also put into that part of the code section that we challenged. So I anticipate we're going to file something very quickly. Uh, We'll get either the court or the agreement of the defendants uh, to move it to November and we'll have it heard then. But, you know, again, I don't think ultimately I've read that thing 15 times that the way they define skill games and what is an appropriate reward does a dang thing in changing our lawsuit in terms of all of a sudden skill games on July 1st are going to be banned once again uh, like they were before. So I'm confident we're going to we're going to do well. And and that's where we are. The other things you'll see, I think the budget amendment uh, where they cut the funding for for school choice scholarships for children that are at risk. The bill that I wrote some eight years ago and got passed. Uh, I, I talked about it with uh, saying that those Republicans might have voted for this budget, but you know what? They voted against the very thing that they say they want the most, which is school choice. I think you might see the governor put back that money in, and I think he may put some money in for his priorities. But I think it's kind of like a minefield. He's got to be very careful because, one, to put something in and have it rejected by the, um, by the General Assembly, it's not a good look. So he's got to be careful on what he does and what victories he can take. But otherwise... That's where we are on the budget, and that's where we are with these skill games.
2: You two want to add anything to that before I go to my next question?
4: Well, I would just say, and you were talking about how important it is to small business. Just today, the Fed just raised interest rates again three-quarters of a point. Gas is knocking $5 a gallon. You know, Things are tight for the people across the Commonwealth and in the country, and that is going to be – Uh, crucial. Having that revenue stream is going to be crucial for small businesses to continue to thrive and grow throughout the Commonwealth.
1: Well, and you're you're exactly right, but I think what it really comes down to is that the world that we live in economically now is going to be radically different in January. And I don't mean in a good way. And we are cascading uh, towards a recession. Uh, We are looking at even gas prices going higher than they are right now. We're looking at interest rates going higher, which then reduces buying power, Sure, people stop spending. That's gonna hurt businesses and small businesses. And what it really does is it reduces significantly the tax revenue that the Commonwealth of Virginia will take in. Well, where else do you have a tap that you can open the spigot and a quarter of a billion dollars or more a year can come out of it? There's not that kind of revenue source. There is in skill games. So I I would not uh, be surprised that the General Assembly in January, when it's looking at lower revenues, we just posted more uh, revenues than we thought we collected here in Virginia. So that was good news. But that's reflective of the last quarter. Right. And now what you're going to see in these next two quarters is, I think, the Virginia General Assembly and the governor's office, who has expressed support for skill games and, and for, for gaming and gambling uh, responsibly, uh, I think they'll take another look. And ultimately, a General Assembly and a politician looks more at the money than it does at the cause or what it thinks is right or wrong sometimes. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Here, it will be a good thing because it'll help small businesses when it's going to, again, need it most, just like in the
3: pandemic, when revenues in those stores are going down. And the state. It's going to give state exactly revenue right.
4: and the small business. Exactly right.
3: I just don't... And looking at that. I have no dog in this fight. I don't own a business. But it just seems unconscionable for, for, the, for the state to say... Okay, if you are a casino, you can operate these games. If you are a small business, you cannot operate the same type of games. And They're not even the same type of games. But if you're running a multi-million dollar casino operation and you've got investors and backers and that sort of thing, I don't see why you're worried about the quickie mart across the street having three, games. having three games in the corner. you uh, If they're that scared of three, you know, quarter games or dollar games across the street, maybe they're in the wrong business. But I I just I I don't think it's fair for 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 them to to say, okay, if you run a casino, you can do it. But if you're a small business, you can't do it. It just doesn't make sense to me.
2: And those that have really followed and as we've come close to, you know, we thought we were going to court back in May. And then they came out in the budget. So it's been more talk about it recently than it was in prior months. And most people that don't really follow it closely just think it's all to do about skill games, just skill games. And I've tried to explain to people the subject matter that we sued on is skill games. But the issue we're really fighting is simply the point that you're making, Greg, is government overreach, the government deciding who can operate something and who can't. Given a government, government-enabled monopoly, and in my view, only my view, y'all can chime in to, to y'all's view, in my view, it circumvents the free market system. Every business that my dad built and every business that you see looking at these windows right here in South Hill was built on the free market system. You borrow money, you hire people, you train them. You try to keep your prices competitive. You assume the risk. You assume the risk. And look, if somebody comes and builds a building beside me and and takes all my business by using the same rules, that's my fault. But the government is not saying that.
0: NMLS number six five zero eight four Equal Housing Lender. New Year's resolutions are just hard to keep up with. But saving money is easy at SaveWithConrad.com. Wouldn't 2022 be easier with lower monthly payments? Get the best rate you've ever had. Pay off your credit card debt. And even get the cash you need right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to get started. And you can even skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com.
2: Hi, folks, this is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12, the Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95, and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, that's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pace of Madden. For instance, as y'all know, Rosie's is coming to Emporia. Basically, what they're trying to do to me is say, Hermie, Rosie's is coming to Emporia, and when they do, they're going to have an opportunity to, to have these games or similar games, and you are not. So therefore, not only are they going to get that business, they're going to get my restaurant business, they're going to get my bar business, they're going to get it all. Not because they came in and took my business. They had the aid of a government. And again, the free market system is, just wor- is, is worth fighting for. And Bill, that brings me to last Saturday night. Uh, I was invited by a friend of mine and yours both, Carrie Allen, to go attend the Lincoln-Reagan dinner for the Republican Party of Chesterfield. And I was invited to go mingle and and speak to a lot of people within the party and otherwise. One of the special guests there was our wonderful Lieutenant Governor, Mm -hmm. Winsome Earl Sears, who we've had on this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. She actually came over and we started talking before she started speaking to the group. We started talking about the negative impacts of this inflation and rising cost that they're having on industries that I serve in my business, such as loggers, farmers, construction workers, things are going out of sight. But go back to what I said a moment ago. My fight in my lawsuit is to protect the free market system. The people should decide what businesses fail and what businesses succeed. And I felt like our General Assembly, including some Republicans, by the way, but this budget came out with this language trying to ban these gains, which I believe is circumventing the free market system. I say all that to come back to one of the things that Winsome Earl Sears did during her speech was she quoted the Republican creed mm-hmm. word for word. She quoted it to the people in attendance when while she was saying it made me think, How could anybody argue with that? But it seems like it's kind of in flies in the face of what they're trying to do with some of this budget language and some of the other actions they've taken. So I ask you, Bill, as a Republican senator in the state of Virginia, can you recite that and give me your thoughts on what it means as it relates to our
1: case? Well, you know, I have not memorized, so I'm happy to recite it. Actually, I'm looking at my phone. Thank God this is not being filmed. But no, it's a a very important thing that I think we recite at every Republican committee meeting uh, throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia because it's important. And I've used it, quite frankly. I've asked questions of liberals based on the Republican creed, and they all agree with you. And then you stick out your hand and say, welcome to the Republican Party. And they go, what? You show them the Republican (laughs) creed, and suddenly it changes. But it's very simple and very direct but very powerful. The Republican creed is We believe that the free enterprise system is the most productive supplier of human needs and economic justice, that all individuals are entitled to equal rights, justice, and opportunities, and should assume their responsibilities as citizens in a free society, that fiscal responsibility and budgetary restraints must be exercised at all levels of government, that the federal government must preserve individual liberty by observing constitutional limitations, and that peace is best preserved through a strong national defense. And that a faith in God, as recognized by our founding fathers, is essential to the moral fiber of this nation. That's the creed. Can you read the first part again? Sure. I think that's the part you like the best. Absolutely. That the free enterprise system is the most productive supplier of human needs and economic justice. So explain to me how anybody on the
2: Republican side of the aisle could or would be talked into going along with something that, in my view, you tell me if I'm wrong,
1: goes against what that says. I cannot. And, in fact, when you couple it with the second part of that creed, which says that all individuals, and individuals we mean both small businesses, small business owners, and individual citizens, are entitled to equal rights, equal justice, and equal opportunities, and should assume the responsibilities under that as free citizens of a free society. So both of those fit together in, I think, justifying exactly what you're saying.
2: So as a forget the lawsuit, forget my standing as a small business owner, forget Shep you know, works over here and Greg's worked his whole life in small businesses and small communities. But just as a citizen of the Commonwealth of Virginia, when you look at what's being done and what this not just on the state level, but let's just on the federal level, too, what's going on that does that creed just does it only mean something to certain people when it's convenient or I mean how do you justify they're not they're not following the Republican creed in my opinion so tell me where I'm wrong
1: well again I can't justify it I I can only explain what I think I know and that, that is that our government Republicans inside of it as well as Democrats tend to pick winners and losers tend to find causes that they like and things that they don't like, and they stick that way to it. And in this case, I think that's what you're you're seeing. I think overall a great many, uh, but not all, of those legislators have decided that when we were opening the doors to gambling in Virginia, which had been firmly shut for centuries, except for skill games. Skill games had always been allowed since the very beginning. Uh, but now they were persona non grata. Uh, that they chose to follow the path which casinos demand, which is a monopoly. Casinos, when they come in, you know, they will tell you even uh, when you, they're looking at VFWs, when they're holding bingo halls, they believe that's a threat to them and they want to eliminate them. The problem is that usually doesn't occur. Bingo halls still occur right. in VFWs across the Non-profits. nation. Profits, Even in areas where casino gambling is legalized, not profits doing charitable gaming. And they've been attacking charitable gaming in the Commonwealth of Virginia and been very successful because they see it as a threat. When they come in, they want to sweep the field away of any competition, even the smallest of competition, which small business owners and skill games are. That's their model. That's their business model. And the problem is, is when you then open the doors to gambling, as we have to casino gambling, to sports betting, as we've now done, then you have to play by their rules or they they really Pound and pound and pound on that politician, that elected official, that we're going to be great for you. We're going to get all this tax revenue for you, but you have to play the game our way. And playing the game our way is eliminating all competition, eliminating all local competition, eliminating all Virginians participation, other than being at the craps table, but not having a gaming instrument in your store. That's how they run. And quite frankly, when they eliminate all these skill games in convenience stores, just like this Sadler Travel Plaza here in South Hill. What you'll find is, they eliminate all that competition, then they'll go, hey, to the to the legislature. You know, to, to buff up our business and to drive people to our casinos, which are placed in, believe me, in lower economic areas, we need to put skill games maybe in convenience stores, but we'll run them. They'll be our skill games. They'll be our video slot machines. they smoke and mirrors. And they monopolize. That which was is, in their minds, evil, and they have convinced the politician that they're wrong, it's, it's wrong only because
4: it's not their game. It's not Valley's game. Now, I got a question for you. Sure. It's never good to try to legislate through the budget, but that's essentially what they're doing. Is that correct? That's exactly right. They've done it. You know, occasionally you'll see
1: some you know quirks here and there, but what they've done is taken a bill that never saw the light of day, never was filed in the General Assembly during the 2022 session, never got vetted by a committee, Never was put out for the public for it to comment or come into our committees and debate. Never got voted out of a committee, never got voted out of a floor, and then sent to the other chamber for its consideration. And so it's not just legislating through the budget. It's taking what is supposed to be in our process of legislation. And eliminating that. Completely. To where now legislation is done by three or four people, not by 140 members of the House and Senate, and certainly not by the public. And certainly not transparent
4: and done in an open form. So you feel that you're right on this issue? Totally. 100% right. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, look, Shep, I'm against gambling. Right. I've always voted against you don't against even play gambling.
1: the games. I, I, I am reminded, even the people that make these machines, they like to remind me that uh, when they came into my office, I said, I hate what you do. I hate who you are. I hate that this is coming to Virginia and I'm against it. And that was skill games. But when I saw what was happening, there is something that if it walked through the, uh, the door, it would have been. But I hate unfairness more. I was gonna say that's to Herman's point. And that's this when Hermie bigger came than in. Mm-hmm. bigger than skill games. And then and Hermie and I talked about it. And and for me, fundamental fairness is the is the cornerstone, the foundation
4: uh, for a good and just society. So when you know and you're And that's right, being violated right now. When you know you're right, how do you continue the fight legislatively to keep that fight going for the side of good? Because I'm faced with some of these same issues here locally. I know that I may not have the best idea, but I have a good idea. Right. How do you keep going at the state
1: level? Well, personally, and I've said this before, I can't because I have a stake in the outcome. I don't have a stake in the outcome. I don't profit from skill games being in Sadler stores or these small businesses stores. But I represent Hermie. And by proxy, represent not just Hermie, but for all the people that Hermie is standing up for. All the small business owners that have these legal legitimate skill games in their, in their uh, convenience stores, in their truck stops, in their restaurants, in their bars. And because of that, then I do what's called R36. I abstain from any involvement, and that's not only voting on anything that has to do with gambling, but it also has being involved in the conversation in the legislature. So mine is purely the rails of the judiciary. So that's where my confidence is, is that we'll solve this. The way that we solve this is how we've done it already. We won and got an injunction in the circuit court. Big Casino appealed, filed amicus briefs, even Janet Howell and and, uh, the majority leader or minority leader on my side filed an amicus brief. They lost. Supreme Court said court was right. Now we go for the final hearing and now we have even another issue. And when we win that, then the General Assembly has to look and say, okay, there is absolutely no way that we can make because it's unconstitutional skill games illegal. So what should we do? And that will get them to the tax and regulate process. Right. And I think that's that's it. Now, for the individual like a Hermie Sadler or a convenience store owner or some citizen that just says this is not fair, picking winners and losers, this is overreach by the government, then they call those legislators and they say, don't you dare do this. Even if they're against gambling, this sets the table that if they can do this here, they're going to take another one of your rights away that you do care about. And I just think that's and that's the fight on the grassroots level that has to happen. I
2: want to move on. Um I got some good news for you, Senator.
1: I always love good news.
2: My turning left moment, I want my friend Greg Thrift to describe in detail the trip. You know, we played the commercial earlier with The Rock. Greg decided, I don't know why, to ride with me down to South Florida.
1: Now wait, before you get to your to your uh to your turning left moment, I'm not done with my leaning right. Because I have some good news for you, Hermie Sadler.
2: Well, do you want to finish your good news, or let me give you the rest of my good news?
1: I'm we can wait right. on the story. Yeah. I just This will take two seconds, because I think it okay. affects you and me equally. Okay. From the pressure that we've applied and the things that I have participated in, which was regulating uh, those industries like in Vigo or in Cumberland, Virginia, that breed dogs, beagles specifically, for experimentation. I have two dogs that I bought from there to keep from being experimented on. Hermie's got two dogs. There's They're wonderful dogs. There's a video on his Facebook page of them knocking him over, and he's in the buff. It's one of the funniest (laughs) things I've ever seen in my life.
2: Brief Um, nudity. (laughs) The buff part was a funny part. It's
1: it's PG-13, I think. But, um, But so the federal government has also kind of interceded. We passed four bills that I wrote. Uh, to regulate them, to if they ever had any USDA violations ever again, they're shut down. If they don't sell the dogs or they're outside of the, what would be the selling period that is feasible for experimentation, they must adopt them out to our local releasing agencies. Well, now, uh, invigo has announced because of all that pressure and the federal pressure from the federal court that they're shutting down the Cumberland plant. Oh, that's awesome news. And so there will be no more... Uh, breeding dogs I for love my beagles I love mine I too you do too Haley loves
2: them too they're great uh, they fit in and so that's great. good
1: news now so, our challenge is Hermie and I think you know I'd, I'd love to use some of your star power for that pressure uh, but I have put out a statement along with uh, Jennifer Boisco and, and Rob Bell Rob's a delegate Jennifer's a senator they worked with me on these pieces very important pieces of legislation that they can't they should not pack up these dogs and go to the next state that allow them to do this they need to adopt them out or sell them that's and right. so I stand ready with my office and, and Brad Tuesday stands ready uh, to make sure that we find forever loving homes for those Paul dogs. But, that message out. but a great, great outcome. Um, they were never going to be able to live underneath the uh, the guise of our regulatory process. It, w- it was bone crushing, uh, and quite frankly, in the 21st century, we should not be breeding dogs, man's best friend, and doing horrible experiments. Just by way of example, Dr. Fauci was taking these very dogs, blowing like parasites into their face, their nose, their ears, and their eyes to get them completely sick, and then using horribly painful experiments to try to cure them and then putting those dogs down. There is no reason, there was no reason, there's no justification. So good riddance, Envigo. I tried to work with them, and and look, they worked very well with us in trying to adopt out the 500 dogs that were overbred during the pandemic. Um, But uh, they need to find a different way. To try to to try to make uh, scientific strides. Congratulations in the to community. you and everybody that brought attention to it. Thank, Thank you, man. brother. Now I am done with my leaning right moment. Brought so, to you by Charlie's Waterfront Cafe.
2: You've already got one plug in for Grouse <laughs> So I want to let Greg do my turning left moment. But what but what I want to tell you is I have a actually now I have two meetings set up for people that have reached out to me to discuss. Potential long-term, fairly lucrative turning left sponsorship opportunities.
1: Yeah, this is where my wife always says, "Yeah, yeah, I heard this before." Let's see, so, let's see some results. But
2: I'm just letting you know
1: that I got it. Memory makers will not I be making it. an appearance. On Memory the, uh... makers
2: don't <laughs> hold a candle to what I'm getting. Is that right? Wait a minute, whoa, hold on, Terry, wait a minute, ouch, Edit that out. <laughs> Look, Terry cut me off just like she cuts him off.
1: You notice how I proposed that we did today's podcast at uh, Memory quick, Makers too. and that was shut down? I mean, I always wanted to be across the street from Butts and Butts, but but <laughs> notice we did not get to go to Memory Makers today. I guess her clientele would kind of be a little uh, taken aback said, by it, what would be sitting there looking at You set the him, table right?
4: for him to do that and he, he never... Yeah. I, well, you told me don't take advantage of your friends. I was trying not to do no, that. I didn't. actually got a little piece of Butts and <laughs> Butts huh? in my car. Do you? Yeah. Um, I mean, we got to leave it there. Well, you, yeah,
1: just uh, make sure there are no children we'll in the parking lot when you show it to them. us. So yeah.
2: we played the commercial with The Rock earlier. We've talked about on previous podcasts about Rock doing commercials and this net that and the other. On one of the trips that we were taking, what I would do is every so often I'd take a car, a new Cadillac, every time, take it to South Florida, switch, and then drive back. On one of these trips, Greg, you might need to help me. How did it even come about that you went with me on this trip? Because we were going to take a white diamond pearl, fanciest Cadillac, just come out with this new model and go pick up another one. But you. you the
3: problem in. is, you had left The Rock a Cadillac DTS. Right. And he couldn't fit in it. Right. And Too small. Yeah, exactly. He, he said he loved the car. But getting in and out of it, he had to fold in like a pretzel. Yeah. And so you called me and you said, what are you doing Tuesday? <laughs> which which is how I wound up here today. Is "Are going yeah. to South Hill today? And I said, that can't be. Anyway, so uh, you called me and said, uh, would you like to go to Florida? And I didn't even know why. And I said, sure. Odee, odee, yeah. Uh So anyway, I said, sure, we'll go to Florida. And, uh, and that's when I found out we were going to go and deliver a car to the Rock. Yeah. And. Can I tell them the windshield story? All of it. We'll okay. Hear it all, all right. Okay. So th- this was quite an eventful trip. I I, I wouldn't say that it was Lumberton, North Carolina. Yeah. Construction zone on the we're driving. Side. Do you remember? I knew it was another Cadillac. But, it was. It, but it was. It was a brand new. It was bigger than a DTS. And now yeah. I don't. I don't. So Ford, she so Ford anyway. White diamond, I, white anyway. diamond so pearl, I remember that. I drive a I drive a wheelbarrow, so yeah. I don't know Cadillacs, <laughs> but uh, it was it was bigger than that. But it was a, one of the most beautiful and best riding automobiles I've ever had my fanny in. And we were going down the interstate, and, and this thing is like a it's like a dream. And it is so new, it is brand new. And uh, I mean, just released the model, just released. We're going through Lumberton. Uh, there was a construction zone. And a rock flies up and hits the windshield as we're delivering this car. How appropriate that a rock would damage the rock's car. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, I said, well, we'll just deliver the car and, and he can get it fixed at his leisure. Oh, no. <laughs> we can't take a damaged car to the rock. And uh, so anyway, so literally, Hermie is on the phone trying to find a windshield for this brand new Cadillac. And apparently there's not one. There's one on the East Coast. Literally, they, they hadn't released, the, there was no parts inventory for this car. If the hood fell off of it, we'd had to finish the run with, with no hood. So, anyway, so apparently, in, and it was Daytona, Daytona I, I yeah. think, that, that we found a windshield for this thing. And you know we're just starting into South Carolina. So we took a
2: detour and 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 stopped in Daytona for an extra day to get a new windshield put in this brand new car.
3: Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so so we got the windshield and and we got that put in and we continued. down. was it Plantation, Florida. Was this it was during spring break? David? Since you went to Daytona? Yeah. Was that kind, no, of, kind of no, convenient?
4: No, was mm-hmm. no, no, no no, 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 sketchy? No, 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 no.
3: Little sketchy. Y'all just wait till we talk about the trip home. Yeah. That's 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 where the handcuffs are involved. So anyway. <laughs> wow. So, so, Hopefully so, it's before 8 o'clock so, p.m. So we uh, <laughs> so we can well, talk about it. We get all the way down to Davie, Florida. And, and this is the day that The Rock came back to America. You don't remember this. He came back to America from filming The Mummy Part Two. Is that right? Which they filmed in Europe. And see, you don't pay attention to these things. Anyway, he tells us the whole story. He just got back. He was exhausted. But he invited us to dinner. Yep. So we went out to dinner with The Rock and his wife, mm-hmm. Danny. Danny called him Dewey (laughs) she said and he did he did the most wonderful thing of ever. because I mean we were literally sitting at the table and person after person after person after person would come up asking for an autograph and he did the classiest thing I've ever seen the rock would personally engage with every person that came up and he said as you can see we're having dinner with my friends uh I'll be happy to sign whatever you want if if you can wait until we're finished with our meal when we're finished with our meal i'll be glad to sign whatever it is you've got and he did there was a line out the door you know when he finished his meal and uh, and he, I do remember. It. I think we ate at a place called the Big Cheese. It was it was, it, a, it was pizza, a pizza, pizza joint, yeah, yeah. It, but it was really really good. Yeah. And he paid. So anyway, <laughs> that's what I really remember. So anyway, so that being said, we, we left the next. We, no, we left that night coming back. I don't remember. Yes, I remember. Sounds we, like that was one of the
4: few times the Rock paid with her. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: pizza. Came through. Yeah. yeah well, we, we gave him a brand new Cadillac, which at least he could do is buy. so. So we dropped him off, and we picked up his DTS. Yes. And we were driving that back to Virginia. Now, let's set the stage with that. The DTS was a wonderful car, but because it was his, he had blacked the windows out like limousine tint, yeah. which he has it had, to. It had a gold package on it. Yeah, put all this oh, gold trim and stuff was, on it. It, 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 it was been, the rock, by all means. It had been rocked up. Anyways, mm-hmm. but it, literally, you could not see in it. You could barely see out of it. So we're coming back through Daytona again. Yep literally at midnight spring break i hope not i don't remember the spring break part but anyway or bike week well, It we, was one of the other trying to space this we up it, a little we bit. were on the internet uh, we were on the interstate disney version we we're on the interstate and i, I was asleep hermy was driving because he's professional at that you know uh so he's driving and all of a sudden hermy says we're getting pulled over midnight daytona here we are and so i'm in a white diamond pearl dts
2: with limo tent and a white and a, a gold package. And a gold that doesn't have suspicion tag at all. Right. The, the and, a dealer tag, and a dealer tag with one with one screw th- that's <laughs> hanging crooked. And four yeah. pounds of cocaine and in the trunk. What's suspicious <laughs> about that, exactly.
3: So, you know what they were thinking? I'm thinking, boy, it's I wonder how tight the handcuffs are going to be. So, this, this state trooper pulls up behind us and he walks up. And as you know, how they tell you, don't get out of the car. You know, and they will right. they, yell that at you.
1: Tell all my clients that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cooperate, put your hands but on but the but, wheel. but
3: but what did I do? Let me tell you. As <laughs> I the, can as, only imagine, as this Florida State Trooper is adjusting his Smokey Bear hat and walking up beside our vehicle, Hermie swings open the driver's side door and throws his flip-flops out in the on the street. I'm gonna step into him, and he's putting his shoes on, <laughs> as as you know. Then the the, the Florida, seemed like a good idea. Yeah. The Florida State. <laughs> then he State... made his fingers into a, into a gun <laughs> and, like. At Taser Point, we were instructed not <laughs> to exit the vehicle, and so, so Hermy gets back in the vehicle, and the guy comes back up. I think he did finally let you out of the vehicle, and, and he was talking to Hermy, and uh, he said, "You know, got his name and took looked at his license and everything." And he says, Hermie Saddler," he said, "Are you one of them racing saddlers?" Swear, Hermy says, "Yes, I am." As a matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a driver, and he says. I hate NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy was a state trooper, and he had to work them NASCAR races. I hated every one of them. He said, "And now I'm a state trooper, and I got to work them NASCAR races, and I hate NASCAR." And I thought, "We're going to prison. We are. This this is the end. This is where my life ends." So anyway, so Hermy Schmoo, when are you him.
2: gonna get to the point of you trying to explain to him why the windows were tinted? Cause that's the next thing I was gonna
3: I was gonna leave that part out, but I'll I'll, I'll go there. So anyway, so so the, so the state trooper says uh, uh, he takes out a meter, yeah, and puts it on the side window of this car, and he says, "You realize that the tent on this this window is is too dark?" No, sir, I did not. Well, apparently that's not an option here. You're driving the car. No, that's when you run. <laughs> exactly. actually. That's when you take I, off. I've, I've seen cops that doesn't end well. So I tried to. Hermie said, "Well, this car belonged to the Rock." And which the trooper says, I don't care who it belongs to. Uh, I hate wrestling. (laughs) The the tent on the windows is too dark. And I said, but officer, you don't understand. He's the rock. He has to tint his windows this way because let's just say he's driving down the street, pulls up at a stoplight and the windows aren't tinted. And a small child from across the street looks up and sees the rock driving a car. What's that child naturally going to do? He's going to jump in the street and run over to that car, and in the process, he's going to get squashed like a bug. And the Rock doesn't want to be responsible for dead children in the middle of the road. That's why the windows are tinted. Wow, he was. <laughs> and trying that's to exactly get what he's said.
4: <laughs> Hermie, did you introduce Greg to the trooper as the Rock stunt double? Because you
3: could have pa- back then. You could have passed as his stunt. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I do know this. It's like. Usually, you know, you you, you think that that you shouldn't say something, and I usually do that right after I've said something, and that was one of those moments. That happens to me a lot on Monday nights once a month, you know? (laughs) I was was mid-sentence, and I went, where are you going with this? (laughs) I hate children.
4: (laughs) I hate wrestling. You know, but that
2: whole trip should have been an omen to how that was going to work out. You know, brand-new call. We break a windshield on the way down. With a rock. Have all that with a rock, and then... I get pulled over and I get, end up getting like four tickets um, on the way home uh for multiple
1: violations. So you would think we would never go anywhere again. And that's ladies and gentlemen how they
3: ended up at the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> now
4: now it's how, midnight.
1: That, that's midnight. That's that's
3: how the ended story up stops. in California. <laughs> so uh that was a
2: that was a trip. Greg did end up going to another trip with me. I was uh 1995. I was driving for DeWalt. They asked me to go to the um, Long, Beach Grand, Long Beach Grand Prix to do an appearance
3: for them. And I didn't want to go by myself. So who do I call? I was busy. Uh, apparently, I was way down the list. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so Hermie says, what are you doing Thursday? <laughs> so I said, nothing. Where are we going? He said, Long Beach, California. I said, okay. So apparently my career was in a stall, so you know, I had nothing to do. Uh, we, we we flew out there on a midnight flight. I remember thinking we'd never get there. I, I just you, look, you looked at it one time and saw water and something said we we. I got thought we, we we passed California. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should wake the wake the pilot and tell him we need a U turn. But uh, we 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 got out there. What with, kind of car did we rent? I at, saw water at, in at, his bathroom,
1: all in my pants.
3: At midnight, we were standing in a Hertz rent-a-car office. And you were explaining to somebody who barely spoke English that the only vehicle that we would accept would be a red convertible, and tinted windows. <laughs> and they found one, so on a convertible, <laughs> on a convertible, one that red. So we, we we were we were there. I, I remember thinking, I don't know how big this is going to be because this is a, this is a Long Beach Grand Prix. And you were driving, uh, was it Bush Series? Then? Yeah, Bush Grand National, yeah, right? right. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking, did the F. F one people really follow Bush. So anyway, so we, we got to the venue for the for the autograph signing, and literally they were around the building. They knew Hermie was there. Yeah. the Hermonade. See. See, yeah, See. The, the autograph. Star power. Mm-hmm. The autograph session power. lasted two hours. They paid us everything for two days.
1: And unlike the <laughs> uh, unlike the Rocky said, get away from me, kid. I don't <laughs> sign for <with> you nothing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I went and did that. But the the most memorable part of that
2: trip. This trip was at the height of the O.J. Simpson trial. The trial right was the going in the middle on. of it. And so, you know, Greg and I decided on some of our off time,
3: we've got to go figure this out. Which was most of the time that we had an autograph session for 2 hours and other than that, we were completely unsupervised, <laughs> which which there was the problem. <laughs> did anyway, you rent a white Bronco and doing it? Yeah. No, no but, we rented a red convertible. But we went we drove
1: to the, very slowly down yeah. the
3: hill. The, the Luna Restaurant was was the restaurant. Metzaluna. That was was, yeah. was where they. So did, we had so, to go there. So we had to go there. That's where. Ron Goldman went and. He was a waiter there. He was a the waiter, the waiter there. Exactly. We left right. her glass did her did glass. we eat there? Huh, we ate there. We yes. ate there? We ate there, <laughs> yes. We ate there. I think I still yeah. have indigestion. But <laughs> I was nervous the whole time. And And then we left and went to the apartment. We went to Nicole's apartment. I mean, we saw the crime scene. Yes. And then we went to O.J. Simpson's house. Yeah. O.J. Simpson's house, I, I was I was shocked because it was, it was right on the street and there was a wall, like the sidewalk and then a big wall. You couldn't see over it, but there was a gate. And literally, Southside Virginia, boy, I ain't never been nowhere. I walked up to the gate. <laughs> a voice says, Back away from the gate. <laughs> I thought, okay, so they have handcuffs in California too. So anyway, so where, where like,
2: were we at when keep people kept riding by? That was at Nicole's apartment. Us losers,
3: losers. At, at Nicole's apartment, and I can understand You know, you hear the story. You know, they he, she apparently was she was brutally murdered, and nobody saw her. I, I can I can understand that because literally the walkway up to her apartment was completely covered with bushes and shrubs and it was almost like a tunnel yeah and i remember standing there looking up in there thinking yeah I'd, you know if you could have you know a greyhound bus parked up in there nobody would be able to see it it mm-hmm. was it was it was so crazy. greg we,
1: where were you on the night that nicole was murdered this <laughs> seems to be just a little too familiar i was in uh,
3: florida we, getting frisked on the side <laughs> of the
2: interstate <United> <laughs> with some we, bruno Miley shoes I, that's or? one of the things i remember we're standing out there Actually, we're thinking, I said, we got to call Johnny Cochran. We, we got this thing out. <laughs> the only but is- we're sitting there watching, looking at this, and people are riding by, literally cussing at us. Oh, yeah. Y'all go home, you bunch of blanking losers. What are you doing you know,
3: standing here? It's like, go
2: home. We but, hate, you know, people were tired of people being, right. this was probably six months.
3: To our credit, After I, yeah. it wasn't just us. And it wasn't like we were standing there selling T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? It was a public street. Right. But I remember right. Greg looking at me. He says,
2: "Hermy, if it's all the same to you, I assume we get the hell out of here." That's exactly
3: what I said. If it's, it's all the same to you, I think it's time for us. To, well, it's like we, exactly. we went and
2: tracked the, the mileage
3: between this place and that place and the other thing, and we hit. Did you solve the crime? Yeah. What was your conclusion? Yeah. The conclusion was uh, what my conclusion was before he ever got there. I, of course, he did it. Cato Kalen. Heard him run into the air conditioner on the back side of the guest house. Of course he did. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kato, I mean, who who couldn't believe Cato Caglin? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I was I was literally at, at OJ's house trying to see the guest house to see how high that air conditioner was, <laughs> if OJ had run into it or not.
1: I'm so shocked that you guys got called losers and were told to go home. But,
3: but shocked, Greg. The glove didn't fit. If it doesn't acquit, you must acquit. Yeah. If it doesn't fit, you must quit. Uh, so. Yes.
1: That's so, amazing.
3: Uh Hermie and I did a racing radio show. In the driver's seat. Nationwide. Yeah. Okay and 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 I I need to talk to Was this pre-internet? No, 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 no. I I guess no. How did you
4: get nationwide? It was pre it was pre, well, pre- puberty
3: for me, so yeah, it had to be pre-internet. It was on it the was, ham was,
4: radio back
2: yeah, then. Yeah, it was, I just it was, remember the tagline was in the driver's seat with Hermie Sadler on the on track radio network.
3: Yes, because what we did was we we had we had uh, we used phone lines and, and we fed it almost like football games. But Ooh, we the Virginia News Network. Uh, it, it was that's, it was, was, that's it was, who it was. Put it out. Yeah, that's who distributed it. Yeah. But we uh, we 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 sent it out to to different various radio stations. Did we had guests? We we did the first show, I need to apologize to Joe Nimachek's wife. Because the very first show to, to tell you how much planning went into this, we were we, I, we were so you and I were at Richmond Raceway and uh, we were I was trying desperate to line up guests on a radio show that nobody had ever heard of, uh, and so I, I found Joni Macek's wife, Andrea, 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 direct, yeah. okay, Andrea, very nice lady, mm-hmm. extremely nice, and I'll never forget how sweet she was. And I asked her, and she says, "Oh, sure, he'll do it, he'll do it." So uh, I said, "Well, he's going to have to call in on Monday night." We we had two guests tonight. And uh, he was going to call in at seven thirty, so I gave him the call and the the, the the line to call. Well, I don't know. We'll who, call him back. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So anyway, so <laughs> it's <laughs> Mr.
1: Excitement, <good>. Phil <laughs> Stefanelli
3: calling us while we're doing our podcast. We're, hey, we're, it, 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 he's not, He can't be listening because we're not live. But anyway, okay. so uh, uh, I forget exactly where I was. So uh, Andrea says Neville, he'll Neville, do it. Says, says he'll do it. So I gave her the number to have him call at seven thirty. All right, so at 7.30, I'm waiting for them to call. We had our first get on, and, and to, for the life of me, I can't remember who our first guest was. But anyway. The so guy lined it up it was probably Dale Earnhardt. It probably, or, or Dale Earnhardt Sr. Yeah,
4: but, name uh, dropper. <laughs> at, <laughs> yeah. At,
3: at, at, at some point, I kept thinking, me. why isn't Joe Nemechek calling in? So we kept the first guest on and we kept him on and we kept him on. And and it got to be like, you know, 740 and Joe had never called in. So we kept the the guest going and Hermes trying to figure out something else to talk to this person about. And 745, finally at 750, it hit me. I gave Andrea Niemicek and the first guest the same phone number. He had been trying to call since 730 on a line that was continuously busy. Good and, job, Greg, and cussing his wife. I am sure yeah. you gave me this this number anyway. So uh, when I realized first, that, first show blues, apparently so <laughs> first show blue. <laughs> yeah. and Boy, here comes that, Brad Tuesday to yeah, the rescue. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so my how the mighty have fallen. So so we we ditched the first guest, and uh, so we had Joe check on for about a four minute segment. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get I've, a heartbreak. I break. Yeah, exactly. But I felt I, to this day, I need to apologize to her and to him. How I long did that show run? run? What day is it? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> still going. No, no, no. What day did it start? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we did that show for about nine months, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I or maybe remember. a year. Pretty good. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Whole season. Listen, Center, I know you're, you're wet,
4: but is your state... Seat sticky? Yes. I, I keep sticking to my seat. Yes. Y'all, so so it's not been, you. If, we, if going you had us a we wouldn't have this
1: problem. Don't, they, don't, they, try to, <laughs> don't try to lift your elbow either because you might lose some skin. They I'm make a stickiness on the table. They,
2: they we need to. Uh,
3: travel Plaza. They make a cream for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to
2: uh, take a break. And then we'll come back and get into. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're going to do some Hermitology,
4: which we launched
1: on Facebook. Which I'm reluctantly going along with.
4: And Hermes Answer Machine. We just keep piling it on. And then we're going to talk about your wrestling career. That'll take a while. I know Might they still be a got party. the
2: scars. Before we go to break, I want to remind everybody that Paysomatic is an entertainment company which develops gaming software that players love to play and can use their skills to win every time. Plus, these games of skill provide vital revenue to keep family-owned businesses like bars, restaurants, convenience stores, and truck stops thriving. We appreciate Paysomatic's Senator Stanley for giving us this platform to keep people abreast of what's going on with us and our lawsuit and our other things that affect everyday lives of, of virginians and people across the country our our listenership and viewership is growing and uh, we continue to try to do new things uh, to do that so after the break we'll try out for the first time
1: what's it called hermetology that is the hermetology it's the science of According to Hermie. I thought it was waste. studying snakes. And then, <laughs> so, so we're going to ask you questions, basically, of stuff, and you can explain what it is. Right. In only if the, I know way, it. If you know it. And if not, make something up. Yeah, okay. And and this should be something that you know. Uh, we're starting off easy. We'll okay. get to the hard stuff later in, in future episodes. And then, we have on our Facebook page, Leaning Right and Turning Left, on Facebook, where our fans have been calling in, leaving messages on Hermie's wow. old-fashioned answer machine. Uh, we've got to play it back. Exactly that. (laughs) And we're going to play them back, and we're going to see what what Hermie's response is That's the one with the
4: turn knobs and all Uh, the twists? Yeah, yeah. I got one
2: request that, much like the show Jeopardy, if I need a lifeline,
1: Brad Tuesday is my lifeline. That's a smart. He's he's a big nerd. He was crushing it with the ladies at UVA. Can't you tell? Crushing it. So (laughs) I go along with it, but if I need to go
2: to bullpen, Brad Tuesday is my guy.
1: Amen. All
2: right. (laughs) Appreciate y'all listening. This is leaning right and turning left with Sadler in the Senator. We'll be right back.
0: Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com.
1: Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Adler's sidekick on this podcast when I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Kermie. I'm his favorite lawyer. Give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure that we are the lawyers that you swear by and not at. And we're back. We're here at the Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, Virginia, and I'm still Bill Stanley, Virginia State Senator, and I'm still leaning right. Still, still. <laughs> Why not? And I'm Hermie Sadler, and
2: I'm turning left. And I have to admit, I have no idea what I'm getting ready to get myself <laughs> into.
1: <laughs> well, this is something that uh, both our our uh, staff at Podcast Heat uh, have put together. You may see if you go to our Facebook page, you're going to see uh, hermitology. Uh Hermie in a lab coat. Uh, it's a great uh, visual to see uh, a young Hermie there with so I other looked, scientists. I looked
2: scientifically
1: yes. slim. And the premise of this is to actually to get into, and we're going to start light, but as we go with this bit, we're going to uh, to get into some other things and we're going to ask what your opinion is. Uh, but this this segment, not brought to you, but it could be sponsored by somebody. So keep your, uh, keep your channels it. open. Let me just tell you something. He
4: said he's got it.
1: I got two big fish on the hook, um, um, dingus. Well, I'm going to say, um, in, in, in order to fulfill our contractual obligations with Lee and Harry Tally, Hermitology is brought to you by the Coalition to Draft Hermy Sadler for State Senate in the 17th Senate District. And uh, That's we love a real thing. Yes, we love wow. Lee. And when love I saw Harry.
2: Lee Saturday night at the
1: dinner in Chesterfield. What a what a great Virginian. All right. So now we're going to roll out. Here's Hermitology. Here's the drop in. Gather round, boys and girls. Straight from the basement of the science building, it's time for Hermitology. Hermitology, everybody. All right. Hermie, we're going to ask you some questions. <laughs> what do you think of that? That was um, from the basement was, of the science building. It's Hermitology. So you just gave away who did it. No, I'm just imitating <laughs> it. I, I don't um, know who did it. That was something. (laughs) So Hermitology, you know, because it's the world according to Hermie. And sometimes Hermie can explain things that we don't know. And and maybe in racing. And And this one will be in racing. Yeah. And maybe he can just make something up. I can even explain
2: things that I don't know. Okay.
1: (laughs) Crystal clear, right? (laughs) Wow. Maybe we should dive into that. So our first episode of Hermitology, a lot of what uh, I've had asked to me, is what are the differences between a lot of race cars? You know, you hear race car drivers talk about, you know, they've talked about the next-gen cars, but they've also talked about other types of cars that they've raced in, and I'm sure Hermie has raced in many of these, and maybe he can tell us what the differences are in some of these race cars.
2: Okay, so I'm going to give you... I'll try, but I'm, I will admit in the beginning, outside of NASCAR racing, I know very little about race cars.
1: Okay, all right. well, Including
2: so- go-karts. I know go karts, and I know NASCAR type cars, but uh, indie cars, dirt cars, wing sprints, anything like that, I know I know very little about. All
1: right, well, see, you're already kind of uh, trying to lower expectations here, but we're going to give it a shot and anyway. I'm being honest, which is okay. something that's important on this podcast. So when so when race car drivers talk about midgets, what are they talking about?
2: Um, midgets are what I refer to as the uh, roll cage cars, uh, big tires on the back, little tires on the front that you would see racing, you know, back in the day at IRP. Say, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, uh, that brand of, uh, of, that group of drivers came up running uh, running midgets. Um, but Is that the car with the big wing? They have wings on the top, kind of a swoop tail in the back, you know, starts wide, gets narrow, and big tires on the back, little tires on the front. I'm mostly familiar with those. That raced on asphalt. I know there's a version of them that races on dirt, but I do, I have watched through the years people like Tony Stewart uh, race those cars. Jeff Gordon did some of that back in the Thursday night ESPN days when you could watch the the midgets race at international, uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park and those kind of things. But as far mechanically speaking, as far as weight and horsepower and things of that nature, I'm, I, I don't know anything. Okay,
1: about so it. what's the difference between a midget and a sprint car?
2: One. Uh, I
1: don't. I, I. I'm.
2: I can't define that. We're, we're gonna going to have to get, change this to stump to get, the Herminator. we going to get professional
1: <laughs> help. All right. Next question. Legends cars. What are legends cars?
2: Legends cars. To me, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a glorified go kart with a with a body on it. Um, you see legends cars race it a lot of Saturday night racetracks. They do it at Charlotte Motor Speedway on the quarter mile. A good way to get. And I've drove some legends cars back in the days of South Boston Speedway. Actually, my first owner that owned a Legends car that I drove was John Isley, also known as John Boy and Billy, the John Boy and Billy radio show. But John Boy owned a Legends car, had number 98.9 on it, sponsored by Bojangles. And I drove his Legends car at South Boston some back in the mid-1990s. But I look at it as they have um, radial tires on them. So the tires last for a long time. A decent amount of horsepower, uh, but but I, I look at them more like a a uh, other than you sit upright in them. I look at them as a as a go kart with big uh, Michelin uh, groove tires on them. Uh, it teaches a little bit about you know racing and uh, but has it has
1: a body on it too. And the body kind of looks like one of those old moonshine cars. That's right. That's in right. And, you
2: know, and really, style. it's a great way to get some experience in a full bodied car because you just mentioned you know midgets. The open wheels—they are way different to drive than wheels when you've got fenders on them, and you can you can get closer and bump and root people out of the way with, you know, in a in a, in a midget, uh, and a sprint car. As far as that as far as that goes, anything that's open wheel, you got to be real careful about bumping tires because you'll get uh, upside down and flip it in a hurry.
1: So let's go talk about uh, cars that you and I own together—the open wheel modified.
2: Yep. Um, it's... <laughs> It's not a whole lot of um, not a whole lot of material in those cars. Uh, they're known open wheel modified cars are known for being very very light, twenty six hundred pounds, a lot of horsepower, seven hundred plus, but wide wide tires and a lot of grip,
1: sixteen inch wide, sixteen inch. Yeah, wide a lot it. of grip,
2: and that's the first thing that struck out uh, stuck out to me. You know the first time I drove one of those cars was last year at Motor Mile because you <laughs> were determined that, that I needed to do that. Yes. But yes. the what I get, you know, the feeling I got from those cars was just a tremendous amount of grip and power. You could turn the wheel and stomp the gas even with 700 horsepower and had good forward drive out of the corners. The biggest adjustment for me driving those cars was had nothing to do with in the corner. It was on the straightaway. You know, you run over two inches of stagger in the back of these cars. And it made the car kind of walk, dupe around a little bit, I would call it, just because of the amount of stagger that they had. When
1: you talk about about stagger, the back wheel's sticking out farther.
2: The right rear rear tire being bigger circumference around than the left rear tire.
1: Look at it like
2: a solo cup. If you take a solo cup and lay it over sideways and push it, it's going to go in a circle mm-hmm. because the right side is much bigger than, than the base of the cup. Ah, makes sense. So when you've got stagger in a race car like that, in a, in a NASCAR, a half inch to, to three quarters of an inch of stagger is all we would run. But they run three plus in an open wheel modified to help it turn. And that's the best way I can describe it. Again, if you're at home listening, take your solo cup, lay it over on the side, the base of the cup on the left, the, the sipping end of the cup on the right, and if you just push the cup a little bit, it'll go in a complete circle because of, of the
4: uh, of the stagger in the cup. Did you know solo cups had stagger balls? Um, Just a little bit. I didn't know it was that much, though. Most well, slim cans are, are you know same circumference. Well, Have you, if haven't you ever cup, staggered
1: when you're holding a solo cup? I mean, you know, you, Hermie just went. You're a DJ. That's us. that's a yes. If you take if
2: you take one of those slim cup, uh, slim, slim bottle, can Michelob yeah. Ultra can, yeah. and put it, it's, it's the same stagger. Per se. And if you push that, it's just going to go forward. Now, I'm a little more familiar with that. Right. He
4: right. just went scientific. Oh. Yeah. See, that's hermetology. That's hermetology. That's why this is you so You finally important. got to
2: something that I understand a little something about.
1: All right. So I've heard uh, late model stock or stadium stock. Is there a difference in what are they? What's a late I've never model heard of stadium
2: car? stock. Late model stock cars. is what I raced at South
1: Boston. What's which, the difference between that and, say, an Xfinity car or the next-gen cars that we see in NASCAR?
2: Uh, Wheelbase is different. Um, the cars are not offset. There's no offset built into a late model stock car. Uh, the bodies are fiberglass uh, bodies. Uh, engines, uh, they run a, a two-barrel carburetor uh, on a late model stock car. So you have probably in the 400 neighborhood horsepower as opposed to 6 to 650 in an Xfinity type car. But the biggest difference is, in the one the driver feels the most, is that late model stock cars, say, at South Boston Speedway, Orange County Speedway, Dominion Speedway, all those places, you run a bias ply tire. tire. You don't run a radial tire. So you can
1: really feel. What is a bias ply tire?
2: Bias ply tire is what they run in NASCAR, which is a radial. Oh, bias ply tire is an old school racing tire like you ran since the beginning of time. It's not a radial tire, no interliner. Sidewalls are very, very soft. And you can really feel the movement of the car. Uh, kind of like the old Hoosier F45 was a tire we ran at, at racetracks all over the southeast for as long as I can remember. Uh, but it's not a radial tire, no belts, no steel belts, no sidewall, uh, weaker sidewall, that kind of thing. Hmm.
1: Okay. And our final uh, question here in Hermitology, the inaugural event of Hermitology, um, the Hornets. You, know, you see these, these Hornet races as a part of the features in some of these small tracks, what's a hornet car?
2: I know nothing. I know not enough about them to to uh, to to discuss them. Other than by listening to them, they sound like four cylinders, mm-hmm. and they sound like uh, when they go in the corners and start squealing, it makes me sound like it's a kind of a street radio tire on them. Um, and when the, you have to turn the front wheel so much to get them to turn that they start s- squalling. Yeah. that tells me it's, a, it's it's kind of like a street radio top tire on them in a four four cylinder
1: engine and they they pull out all the windows and it kind of looks like a beat up car that they got yeah. maybe out of the junkyard that's usually a Toyota Tercel to I don't know like a lot about one mechanical ones. don't Nine know, of don't know,
2: don't know a lot about small. the mechanical side of them but I can tell you the people that race them have just as much fun as anybody else on a car on any given Saturday
1: night and quite frankly I think every time we've seen Hornets run a couple of those guys get in a couple of fights too so it's a been 35 40 yeah, laps yeah. Did anybody, 30 laps, now, 30, 35. Now, yeah. before we leave Hermitology, did you see any of the Bowman Gray? They have the sled race where they have— Chain race. Chain race. Yeah. Where one car's in front, and they're doing the, the driving and the, and the gas, and the car in the back, I think, does the braking, and they're chained together. Oh. And there was a big, huge fight out what there What could possibly Gray. go wrong? And it was an amazing. It looked like wrestling. You sent me a, a
2: photo of the fight, and one of the steel shots, another guy had another guy
1: by the jewels. Yes. Yes. Well, they say, hang on to your equipment. I just didn't hear it was somebody else's. <laughs> but, that, yes, I sent you that but picture. But kind of I remind of, you of the bathroom. A those, that, those
2: that go to Bowman Gray, if the people that go to Bowman Gray on a Saturday night and watch a night full of racing and don't see at least one fight, they're disappointed.
1: Now, have you been watching Bowman Gray at all? Because, you know, I think I they, retar- the they they put new tar down on the track. They repave the track. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of passing. I'm not, as, I'm not as impressed. Qualifying is, is key. Very important. Yeah, I'm just not as impressed. I mean, you maybe have one position change. Um, our guy, uh, one out there in Bowman Grand, he came from second to first and then held, held his line, and that was it. So, Jonathan Brown. Jonathan Brown. God bless him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, hey, I you Hey, look, look if we get back and, on
2: track uh, yeah. June 29th. Yeah, we do. Next week, we Next can week. be talking about it. The Smart Modified Tour going back on track at Carol Speed
1: It's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's about time we get back. So Are that, you going? Uh, I don't know yet. It's a weekday. <laughs> I've got things I have to do. So that is Hermitology. We're going to close with Hermitology. Yo. <laughs> Did he say yo? Yo. Yep. <laughs> yo. So there you go. That so, sounds like Lee Tally. Is that right? So we we put a lot of production value in this, uh, both I Brad didn't know Tuesday. I could get that low, actually. Yeah, and so uh, we're pretty impressed with you. ourselves. This, of course, we're growing, and as we yeah. grow our production values, uh, these will get Got to have more sponsors. It might
2: be better next week yes. if you let me give you the questions.
1: Uh, uh, okay, that'll be fine. If you'd <laughs> like to prep this up, we'd love to have you. So the second thing we're going to do is uh, we have got uh, Hermes answering Machine, which is growing in popular. We had so many questions. We can only take two this week. Uh, but what we do is encourage our fans and listeners to go to our Facebook page. There's a What's button the right there. Page? Facebook page is Leaning Right and Turning Left
2: mm-hmm.
1: podcast. And so you can join like that. We'd love to have you like it. And then you get on there and there's a button where you can leave a message for Hermie and then Hermie will respond. So we've got a couple today. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Hermie's answering machine. Now, come on, fellas, try to keep it clean, because it's time for Hermes' answer machine. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Was that Jeremy Borash? (laughs) Well, there you go. So that's our first introduction. We'll work on that a little bit of production. But, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, let's... let's, What
2: what was the production budget that went into those
1: leading? It was... uh, no, a zero. About
2: Almost. as much as Tom Graziano
1: has paid so far. <laughs> about as much as your sponsors have paid so I far. I told
4: you I was cheap, but I was good.
1: So, uh, let's. I lied. First, we're gonna we're gonna pause here. We're gonna listen to actually Hermes answering machine as it's playing.
2: Hi, this is Hermes. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm with my therapist. We're talking about my bad breakup with the Rock. So please leave a message after the beep. And when I stop crying, I'll try to call you back.
0: Hi, Hermie. This is Francine. Sorry you can't take my call because you were such a busy big shot. But when you get a chance, can you tell me when you were racing and who was your favorite driver to race with? And who is the sum of bitch on the track that you just couldn't stand? And don't be shy. I expect a full answer, and I will be listening to your podcast for a response. Thank you. Bye.
4: She from Franklin County?
1: <laughs> I really don't know. Um, Francine. Francine. Well, thank you, Francine, for the phone call now, Hermie. Yeah. I think the question was: who'd you really love racing with? And who's that some bitch that just couldn't stand being on the track?
2: Well, the first the second part is easier to answer. Uh, the first real problem I had with a recurring problem was someone on the racetrack. And I became friends with him later in my career but he gave me a hard time when I first started. But bless his heart, he's dead and gone now. A guy named Wayne Patterson, an older guy that had a lot of experience, won a lot of races. And for some reason, the first couple of years that I raced late model stocks at South Boston, Orange County, and Southside, we just kept finding ourselves wrecked with each other. And he wrecked me intentionally on three consecutive Saturday nights at South Boston. And then I decided on the fourth night that I was going to retaliate, and I I hit him under under caution, and my call went above his car, above the hood, up almost into the fence, into the grandstands. Whoa. And so, you know, we had to go to the NASCAR trailer. I got suspended. He tried to tell everybody I tried to kill him, which I did, all that. <laughs> That's but,
1: honest. Wait, wait, but, wait. You know, attempted murder doesn't have a statute of limitations, Shep. I think I should advise you as your attorney, you know. But I guess he's dead.
2: Yeah, he he passed away. And and like I said, I learned to, after we had those episodes and I showed him that I had had enough, you know, we we learned to coexist a whole lot better. Um, And as far as a driver, and I keep going back to my early career, a driver that I would enjoyed racing with the most, the one that was a great competitor, but also... Was 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 older and became a, a lot of a mentor to me early in my career. Is another driver that I raced with at South Boston in Orange County early in my career. The guy's name was Maurice Hill, and he uh, he was always helpful. He I, his regular job was a service advisor at a Chevrolet dealership, and so I had a Chevrolet dealership as well. Uh, but he's one that I think took me under his wing when I first started racing. Stock cars, late model stock cars at South Boston, Orange County, and was very helpful to me. And I'll also throw in somebody who was really important to me and good to me. My first ever trip to Daytona to test, I'd never been on a track anything like Daytona. But in in January 1993, in preparation for my first full-time season and my first race at Daytona, we went down for the preseason testing. And I just happened to be pitted in the same garage with Davey Allison. And Davey took me out in his car and showed me the line, showed me around the racetrack, showed me how to get to pit road, showed me where the bathrooms were, (laughs) uh, all that. And more importantly than that, when it came time to go drafting practice at Daytona, he was the only one early in the practice weekend that was willing to go out and let me draft close with him and vice versa. At that time, he he drove for Robert Yates in the cup series, but he owned his own Bush grand national team, still had 28 Havilland on it, but it was his team owned by red farmer and uh, Davey that weekend really treated me like I belonged and and made sure I knew where I needed to go and what I needed to do and gave me my first drafting experience, help at Daytona. And I've never forgotten it. And I was really uh, made it that much more disappointing for me, you know, when Davey got killed in a helicopter at Talladega And every time I see his wife, Liz Allison, somewhere, I always remind her about how kind Davy was to me and others uh, back in those days.
1: Well, you know, uh, for then, you know, you talked about the guy, the some bitch that you might have had a, a little run-in. The some bitch was Wayne Patterson. So, was there a some bitch in NASCAR or uh, the Bush Grand National?
4: Um, he talked about that the other, the other month. What did I say? About the guy that wrecked you in uh, Florida. Well, that was a what-if moment. Yeah, that was
2: Larry Pearson. And even though that's the only problem I ever had with Larry Pearson, that's worth calling him a son of a bitch.
4: Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I got a question. Wrecked me when I was trying to win the inaugural race at Homestead, Miami yeah. Speedway. What
4: Did if? Maurice set you up in Richmond after your daddy had told you to park the car that one race? Did Maurice get you to go to Richmond? He said he was a big mentor for you.
2: No, 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 no. What happened, what I told you about my dad, my dad, when you know Shep, is very competitive. He doesn't understand finishing second, never has in anything. And we had had a tough year. Uh, this would have been maybe the first couple of late model stock car races I ran, we rented a car from Butch Savakas, Emmanuel Savakas Stock Car Products. We rented a car from them. And then we actually bought a car from Curtis Malcolm from up in Fredericksburg. A guy named Ken Curley owned the car. Curtis Malcolm drove it. What would a car cost back then? Uh, I'm gonna guess car without engine, probably 25 grand, okay. something like that. Uh, and I'd had a tough year, t- tough run of races. And we went to Southside on a Friday night, and I qualified mid-pack and finished mid-pack and didn't pass anybody. Tore my car to pieces, and my dad told me,
4: "You the need to, for you, you
2: need to do something else." Nice son, I love you, but racing is not your thing. And he basically told me and my guys in the shop that he was cutting off the sponsorship for me to keep racing. And so my guys that worked on the car and in the shop, we decided as a group on the way back home that, okay, if we're done racing, we're not going to be done after racing like we did tonight. So we decided as our group to go to old dominion speedway in Manassas the next day, we loaded the truck, went and we spent our money, not, not just me, but all the volunteer guys on my crew the guys who worked for us, we all put our money together to go wow. to buy tires. We went to Old Dominion Speedway in Manassas. I was afraid to call my mom and dad before I left town because I knew they would not allow me to go. So I called them by the time we maybe got to the other side of Richmond. And I said, I know y'all going to be mad. I know what daddy told me. But if I'm going to quit racing, I'm going to quit racing at least on my terms. And I told them what we had done. <clears throat> so I left it at that. I got to got to Manassas, went out for practice, qualifying, ran the race. I think it was a hundred lapper, and I won the race. And Dicky Boswell finished second, who was very a well very well known racer in that area. Yeah, nice guy too. You know, became famous. Manassas was a
1: great track too. Yeah,
2: yeah. But so I won the race, and I was thinking to myself on the cool down lap, how disappointing it is for me to have won my first ever late model stock car race. And nobody in my family was there. So I go to pull up on the racetrack. The victory lane was on the racetrack. I pull up, get out of the car, start doing victory lane, taking pictures, doing all that. And who walks across the track? My mom and dad. How awesome is that? So my mom and dad, I'm sure after my dad cussed me like whatever, he then thought about it. They got in the car and drove all the way to Manassas, Virginia. And to that's watch
1: not me. a small drive. That's no, a Watched good me
2: committed. race from the grandstands. Never even they never came into pits. I never knew they were there until the race was over. I bet that
1: meant a lot to them too.
2: Sure it did. I'm it, sure we've it does. talked about it since. That's, so that's fantastic. He, I was mad at him, but after I thought about it, I decided I wanted to go race. I'm sure he was mad at me, but after he thought about it. Decided, I'm going to watch him. If he's going to race, I want to be there to watch. And that really, that, that first win kind of catapulted us into taking the next step, <clears throat> getting better equipment, getting a new car, doing all that. And then I think the following year, I finished second in points at South Boston. I think I won seven races this, at South Boston the next year and finished second in points and ultimately ended up moving on to the Busch Grand National Series. But that's how quickly things, whether it be racing or – Otherwise, things can can make a turn for the worse or take a turn for the better. And that trip to Manassas, although against the will of my dad, ended up
4: being what kind of catapulted my career moving forward. And okay. you know, Senator, with Father's Day this weekend, you know, Mister Sadler he goes he goes to everybody's events. He doesn't miss a ball game. He went to all of Naomi's games or a lot of them. Yep. I know he goes to Wyatt's baseball games, all of Elliott's races. I mean, that's. So, happy Father's Very Day. Very supportive. Too. Happy yeah. Father's Day to you. Happy, day. happy Father's day, day, day to all right? the days. Yeah, yep. Every, It's everybody. everybody. Yep. All right.
1: So, I think we got another call. Uh, this one's from Michelle, I do believe.
0: Hey, Hermie. This is Michelle. You never answer your phone. You're as bad as Bill Stanley is. Since Ross Chastain smashes watermelons after he wins, and mm-hmm. Daniel Suarez smashes taco pinatas after he wins, What would you smash if you were still racing NASCAR and won a race? Thanks. Bye. Well,
2: my answer to that is, Michelle, come to Motor Mile Speedway in October when I am competing in the Smart Modified Tour race in the Stanley Sadler
1: (laughs) Open Wheel Modified. (laughs) No, no, I'm much better now. It's now Sadler Stanley. Remember, you gave me an extra week of making me the lead. But now we're back to the... I would
2: say come to the race and watch me race and... Cheer me on and hope that I win and see what I smash. Maybe some Steve Weisers.
1: Well, why not get out some scratchers and and do some Virginia Lottery scratchers? Not a fan of the lottery right now. Really? But, you know, I've got a clip right now of when he loved the lottery. Listen to this.
4: Speed, speed, and concentration. Hermie Sadler, driver of the Virginia Lottery's lucky number 13.
2: Where'd you come from? The competition all that Then
1: just smash the nickel
2: to
4: the ticket and let it go. Pole position, new from the Virginia Lottery. Top prize,
3: $20,000.
2: Hey, he bumped me. It's gonna tell my mama.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Smashed the, smash the Y'all nickel have to have
1: the ticket.
4: can do some digging. Y'all had a lot of free time
1: on your hands. <laughs> Production value, my brother. We are constantly. and I that. cut
2: that commercial at Richmond International Raceway. I don't remember the year, but long time ago.
1: You know, you can barely see Elliot's face. They had to put uh, Hermes' brother, Elliot, underneath his, underneath his no. face because he's waving at you. you know, and he's I joke his now, face.
2: but, you know, I guess the older I get, talking about my dad, I, I, I hold it against people more when they do me wrong for some reason, I think. I had a 22-year relationship with the Virginia Lottery. Loved every minute of it, represented them on and off the racetrack, did events all over the Commonwealth, and went to tourism events and other things for them for years.
1: You were the face of lottery.
2: And then, you know, get a new director. He comes in, and he's got a different idea, a different attitude, wants to do different things. And, oh, that's well and good. Who is that guy? Kevin Hall. Ooh. And then he wants to kill small business on top of that.
4: Didn't we
1: depose him in your case? We deposed him in my case in your office. That's correct. And that was quite a deposition. Quite a deposition. We learned a lot. Was it
4: revealing? don't. So
1: Let me go back. It was. And, And you know what I think it was? You know, Hermie just hit the nail on the head again. You know, I think for Hermie, you know, the chickens came home to roost. I think it really hurt him to listen to how flippant. Uh, they took that relationship, and how seriously, in contrast, that Hermie took that relationship with them. I mean, remember, remember, he's he's not only in America's sport at that time, number one sport, but also next to college uh, football, the number one, the number two watched sport, and attended sport in the Commonwealth of Virginia. He's also lotteries representative. He's on commercials, and he's car- carrying the motto for the State of Virginia Tourism Board: "Virginia is for lovers." I mean, he is Mr. Virginia, and I think it was upsetting for you how it ended.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had such a great relationship. Penny Kyle, who was a Virginia Lottery director for years, I became really close friends with her. She let, ended up leaving the lottery and went to be president of Radford University and then other things. And then Paula Otto, I still communicate with Paula uh, quite often, a great director. And I'll just say it like it is. Kevin Hall got in over his head. He just – he. And it's not just me. It's they lost several people. That I mean, wasn't
1: he a news reporter before he became? I don't, the I don't director know. Of the and, but and the I'm just like communications this. guy for one I, of the governors. I, I look at it then he's way. the head of the one of the larger money making operations for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah. Were they relatives.
2: <laughs> Let me just <laughs> I mean, leave it like this, way? just so I people understand. Know. I'm the kind of person that if you don't like me, or don't want to do business with me, or have my program. Or if you don't like NASCAR or the program wasn't your idea, just be upfront about it and say, we don't want to do A, B, C, D, and E. Don't come see me and tell me, Hermie, we love you. We appreciate the 20 years you've put in and this, that, and the other. Then go back to a boardroom and and diminish who I am or what I tried to do for the lottery or the lottery in general and their support for NASCAR and otherwise. Just just, just tell the truth, you know. And he did, he he. In my view, in my view, in your opinion, he, in my opinion, uh, he didn't do that. So yep. I've. It's unfortunate because again, I spent 20 years of my life representing proudly uh, the Virginia Lottery and all the things that they stood for. But you know, as it relates to our ongoing lawsuit, which I hate to bring everything back to that, he was the lottery and Kevin Hall was a huge part of providing inaccurate information
1: to a lot of people. It sure were. And, you know, I think what was even more revealing was not only in that deposition, they were pushing the narrative that uh, because of skill games in convenience stores, truck stops, restaurants, and bars, the lottery was suffering when, in fact, the lottery had one of the largest record years years ever on record. And there when we asked for discovery from the Virginia lottery and we saw their breakdowns, they were looking at stores that had lottery sales and also skill games and where that was occurring, lottery sales were up, except in maybe one or two instances up across the board, but they were still selling that narrative to the General Assembly. Yeah. I mean that's
2: they had that they had just, they had state senators on the Senate floor saying the skill game industry has cost the lottery hundred and forty million dollars in sales for this calendar year. And it, just, and it just wasn't true. It just and it was
1: BS. True. It was bullshit. That and not that only was that. the best
2: deposition that I enjoyed the most because you know, Kevin even came in that day and tried to be all yeah. nice and this and that and the other and guy you know just wasn't you know he wasn't happy with me that. at the end.
1: I'm just not about that. He was not very happy with me. I'm at sure. the end. I was asking the questions. And at the end, I think he was he was not very pleased. And I think, you know, one of the other things that we even found out later because we asked for documents from the lottery after his deposition was they had hired as a consultant, an attorney out of Pennsylvania uh, with a large law firm that was actually actively working against skill and for casinos. And he was feeding them information that was detrimental to skill, but also was then being fed to the members of the legislature. That just wasn't true. And so, you know you know you can tell hermie gives his all to friendships he gives sure. his all to whatever endeavor he gives into gets into whether it's our race team it's this podcast or so many other things he involves himself in and it's just, it was a little bit heartbreaking just to watch how he had really given blood sweat and tears a lot of time had gone and and talked to children in his in his you know, in his fire suit and talked about things that were important to Virginia. Well, and, and some of the and other that's stuff, how it ended up I know you weren't trying to get to
2: all this by playing that commercial. I really enjoyed doing that commercial, yeah. and I have fond memories of those times with the lottery. But outside of that, there was other people that worked for the Virginia Lottery that had been there longer than I had that got mistreated in a bad way because— Maybe they were friends with me, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And Kevin Hall, even because I had five of them call me and tell me, even told people that work for the Virginia Lottery, uh, don't be communicating or associating with that Sadler boy. You know, when I, when they why? knew the lawsuit was coming. Oh oh oh! You know, so if you ain't got nothing to hide. Why are you trying to, you know, tell everybody don't communicate? It's with kind me. of a Vince move. And every one yeah. of them called me and said. Hey, they've told know, us not to clear. communicate with Hermie, and I'm like, "Yeah,
1: f- easy." he Did
2: nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong.
1: He did nothing wrong, and there's nothing. In fact, we said, "Was there any problem in the deposition? Was there any issue? Did Hermie ever breach Scott? Nope, nope. So did nope, nope, Kevin nope? have was great?
4: Did Kevin have counsel during the deposition? I he would imagine he did. It
1: was the Attorney General's office,
4: and um, we were
1: there uh, right after inauguration uh, when we saw the boxes coming out of the Virginia Lottery Building from his office. As Governor Yunkin said, thank you, but we're going in another direction. So uh, sometimes, you know, time creates uh, vindications, and we've certainly seen that. So how well I hope to experience. So I'm not thinking, based on Michelle's question, that Hermie will be smashing a nickel into a scratcher after (laughs) After he wins at the motor mile. But we want you to come out there and see it. And I'm telling you, those ladies sound like they're related, but I don't know that for a fact.
2: Our companies are still him. partners. To, to Sadler. <laughs> Our companies are still partners with the Virginia Lottery and we have a good relationship with them. Kelly G is now the new director of the Virginia Lottery. That's right. And I've known her quite some time. She's a good friend of She's mine. She's great. And I wish her well. Uh, leadership is important. And I think shows integrity. Integrity. And I think Kelly G has and will continue to do to do a good job of leading the lottery. That don't mean we'll agree on every issue. And I know there's probably some hurt feelings about how our lawsuit has turned out and some of the revelations we made for the lottery. But it's hard feelings on my side and business owners all across the Commonwealth of Virginia Absolutely. that have pushed the lottery for many, many years too that are being wrongly attacked in part by false information that in years past the lottery provided. So I'm going to put that that uh, behind me and I'm going to wish the lottery well. And, and again, I will say that I think Kelly G was a good choice to uh, to to run the lottery, and I think she'll get it get the relationships back going with the brick and mortar
1: stores that they're going to need to have long term success. I think that's important, and especially when you got Rosie's uh, competing. Uh, you know, Brad Tuesday lives down the street from Rosie's in Vinton. And he says the parking lot, they've even got a parking garage full all the time. They don't think that's hurting lottery? Yeah. I mean, if they think a little skill game in a, in a truck stop is hurting lottery. And three machines. Right. I mean, and you actually have a complimentary. There's no lottery machines, no scratch tickets in a Rosie's, I'm pretty Look, sure.
2: All I But want there people are to do, convenience stores. This, this is machines, your fault because you got me jacked up on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, all I you a little
1: on edge today. All I, I want people
2: to do <laughs> is tell the truth. Yeah. You know, and that's been an ongoing battle. We proved that the Virginia Lottery was in no way affected by skill games in these locations. We proved that. Proved it. We also proved that skill games did not fly into stores in the middle of the night with nobody checking into them knowing what they were. ABC, the deputy deputy policy director for the ABC testified in our hearing that We looked at the games and we made an independent evaluation that these games are games of skill, therefore legal to be in stores where there's ABC. Just everything. We shouldn't have to spend time and money and effort and resources to disprove information from a state agency. Well, is that fair?
1: Well, it's absolutely fair. But it's also, you know, Lottery had a partner it could be working together with. And instead, again, this goes back to my point. When the casinos come in and remember casinos are basically being over the oversight is the lottery. But if you're gonna do it our way, if you're gonna let casinos in through the door, uh, it's gonna be their way. And that's a part of the the body politic. That's kind of kind of the mindset and I think lottery body. Why did you get me off well, of this? Question. Have you had it was Michelle, any,
4: Michelle? It wasn't me. Michelle, in Francine. In Francine. In Francine. have you had any luck with <laughs> Michelle <laughs> and Francine to some bitch. <laughs> have you had any luck with localities enforcing the injunction? No zero 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 so they're just turning a blind eye uh yeah yeah they don't know what's a skill game that is legal
1: or illegal at this point because they're not trying i have sent out uh, are they
2: tearing uh, this building down while we're in yeah, here what it
1: is it sounds like a did i miss a payment <laughs> there's a uh, there's, i don't uh, know but i'm stuck
4: to this damn <laughs> seat <here. laughs> well,
1: damn i'll tell you what you can you can lose some skin in this place um no, they're, they're, I have sent to even Commonwealth attorneys, here's the difference. Here's what an illegal game is, and here's a legal game. I sent them the list of what the registered games were in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia through the Virginia Lottery and the ABC. They've got it right there. Well, now, I will what we've we'll seen you. is the zoning that we talked yes. about earlier, Shep. And we've talked about that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's our responsibility in the General Assembly. I'm just going to say this very quickly. We could do this very easily in a tax sure. and regulate process. We could get rid of illegal gambling. Uh, illegal gaming illegal Vgts allow the the proper legal skill games skill games profits could pay for the policing 10 times over adding more Commonwealth attorneys adding more law enforcement ABC had had a very good system that's very simple very couldn't couldn't be uh, defrauded uh, we have just again bought into the body politic bought into the mindset bought into the brainwashing in my opinion of big casino gaming interests that say we're gonna keep it small and control it all.
4: Well, I will tell you since our last podcast that I was on, our county uh Congress attorney, Alan Nash, reached out to me and he is very interested in pursuing what you and I discussed about. Sure. And I don't necessarily know if we should discuss that part of it here or not yet, but hopefully Mecklenburg County in the town of South Hill will be one of the first in the state of Virginia to start. Uh, closing down these illegal games. Good, and they should, and they must. It's an illegal
1: game. You're getting no tax revenue. The,
4: That's what's competing against the lottery. You rip off the
1: consumer who's playing it, and usually there's a criminal element involved in who's getting all the money. In skill games, those are taxed because it's part of the taxation. We had the tax structure before. Now what we have is a part of the income-level taxation, at least for that business. So it is being taxed. It is being monitored. It's an ABC-operated uh, uh, um, places like this truck stop right here, and quite frankly, you can tell what's illegal and what's not legal, what's illegal, what's uh, legal. You can tell right there from those machines right across. Oh, the absolutely. Term, well, uh, we've had a lot of fires
4: us. lit here in the last 30 days, but as they are cooling down, we're going to start addressing that with right. Allen.
2: say one more thing, and I try to close with this anytime there's a discussion about these games, to make sure people understand my position as the plaintiff in this lawsuit. I am not trying to block casinos from coming to Virginia. I'm not trying to block Rosies from expanding in areas of Virginia, including my hometown of Emporia. I'm not trying to block sports betting, online betting, any of that. I'm simply trying to protect the rights of small business owners and operators to be able to legally operate skill games at their locations. And we want to be taxed and regulated fairly, we want to operate legally, and we want to partner with casinos and rosies and these other entities to get rid of these illegal operators that y'all are talking about. How long is it going to take us to get to that point where we all sit down in a room right. and realize all along skill is not the enemy of the casinos? Skill is not the enemy of rosies, but they're just so used to getting their way and pushing everybody down like a bulldozer and and, and moving on about their life. We're not going to let them do that. We're going to fight. And so I hope once they realize finally that Senator Stanley and I are here to stay on this issue because of how it's being applied and the people that are being affected, I hope one day we can all get in a room together and say, you know what, we're the ones that are doing it the right way. You stay and you. look, we want to have. If you want to put a, a, a fair number on how many games can be in each location, fine, Let's do a fair tax and regulation system. Fine. Do all that. Let the casino do their deal. Whatever. And then let's put our resources together because what happened last July 1 when this ban took place, the only people that got hurt were the people that were operating legally. Correct. The illegal operators have had a field day since July 1, and that continues to this day.
1: You are absolutely correct, Hermie. I love when I get them fired up with you. You done got
4: me to sweat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I hope I hope right here in South Hill we're going to be one of the pioneers in in trying to so. start enforcing I, this. And I hope
1: you're the model because you know what when it works for one, uh, one locality, then you know plagiarism is a sincere form of flattery. Sure. And so I think other companies all you got to do is be able to
4: well. show how to do it.
1: And I can show you how to do it. I I know how to judge a game from legal or illegal. We've gone on a long time. We want to thank uh, Francine and Michelle. For the inaugural edition of Hermes Answer Machine, uh, I think that was great. And so if you want to participate in Hermes Answer Machine, go to our Facebook page, Leaning Right and Turning Left Podcast on Facebook. Find the button right there. Leave us a recording like Francine and Michelle did, and we'll play it on the air. And quite frankly, if we get uh, your address, we'll try to reach out to you and maybe send you some Sadler and, Stanley And be sure to participate. Be sure to share that page. Absolutely. Please share the grow. page. It's growing. And our podcast uh, listing audience has grown. Uh, we've been going on for a while. Are we doing wrestling today or are we going to move that off?
2: We're going to move that off.
1: Are we? Yeah. Okay. So also, we promised you that we'd talk about Hermes wrestling career. We're going to do it on the next show. So Put it in the can. Shep, um, I don't know what your availability is on Friday. It's tight. Is it tight? My
4: schedule's
1: always What, do you, you got to go to a buying conference for sundresses for memory makers there, Big cat? No, I probably
4: got to try to sell some cars for Brandon Boyd. Oh,
1: well, you know.
4: So, hey. If you buy one. Is
1: Brandon single or is he married? He's single. Okay. Because there's a really, I hear, gorgeous young lady who would love to meet him out in Virginia Beach. Friend of mine. who met, met him. Former senator of mine. Uh, called me up and approached me. Wow. And I said, look, I'm not a matchmaker. Text me off. And family. I know a guy who owns a place called Memory Makers, but I don't think that's matchmaking. No.
4: But I'd reach out to you guys. So, uh, But I'll if you want to test drive thing. a car Friday, I could deliver it for you to test drive in downtown city. Right? Well, I need to wherever. buy. wherever. Now, look, we are going to be recording next week's
1: podcast uh, on Friday. And what we're going to be doing, and this is a little teaser, is we're going to have one of the finest uh political consultants and we're going to have a primer on so you want to be a candidate for state senate or state office and we're going to have this gentleman sitting with us telling us exactly what it takes to win not only just to run the mechanics of running but also winning a senate seat or a house of delegate seat wow. or even a local race like you at South I wonder North who County sitting Council. here
4: would need that I don't know, but I think
1: everybody who listens to this podcast PaySomatic is an entertainment (laughs) company which develops (laughs) gaming software
2: that players love to play and can use their skills to win every time. Plus, these games of skill provide vital revenue to keep family-owned businesses like bars, restaurants, and convenience stores thriving. That is the end of this show.
1: (laughs) It is not. Thank you. Thank Shep, you for having Shep, me. Can again. you make it on Friday once again? Drive, test drive up Are there. Are you test driving? Yes. Friday. I, yes. Absolutely. I, I need to buy. On a serious. Day, I need have. to
2: buy two, three quarter ton Dodge work vans for my HVAC people. Can you help me? A yes. Okay. All right. Then you can come to Richmond Friday. All
4: right. I, I don't know if I'll have one of those
1: by What Friday. about one of them Grand Wagoneers? One of them big dogs. You got one in the lot.
4: I got one ordered. Do He's you? got a pretty one ordered. What Gorgeous. Color? Like the red white. Mine, mine's white. white. Ciroc white. <laughs> With the With gold the, finishes. It's going to have the tent. blackout package. <laughs> and I hate children and I hate wrestling and I hate You know what he it? may put on a oh, license plate? Can you sign us off, Senator? <laughs> <Granite. laughs>
1: can you sign us off, Senator? <laughs> no,
4: Chef and I are having fun. Hey, I, I don't, tell you don't what. do make us get off. I, tell make you what. Us leave. I might when the time is right. I might have a local bombshell that we reveal on this podcast, and you know a little bit about it. Ooh, I can't you saw wait. A little bit. Of it. See, we're just sitting over here teasing. Are we talking right about now. the
2: woman that wants to meet Brandon?
4: <laughs> well, a, <laughs> local, a bombshell. local bombshell, political
1: bombshell. Ah, boy, we're just over here teasing, teasing. You really want to go? Yeah. I mean, you you done? Yeah. We're having such a good time, Shep. I love how, to have how you long has the show been, show?
2: been okay, on? I appreciate I it. Our, Hour, and 45, got got Hour and 45 minutes of nonsense. We got 15 to break. Hour and 45 minutes <laughs> of nonsense.
4: Well, I'm trying to get us to 80,000 listeners so we can get you a sponsorship from Memory Maker. I got two big ones on the hook. I'm going to
2: put Senator Stanley right on to shame when I get piped in oh. I cannot wait. I wait with bated breath. I had a one that I was already working on, and I got another one that reached out to me a couple of days ago that really, don't you remember me telling y'all this? really excited me
1: really really excited me. wow like really 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 one so that's like one of them gels they one sell, is, sell at spencer's one
2: is related to <laughs> one is related to a uh, a sports type recovery agent that i'm talking to but the other one really got me going he's teasing uh, that. now he's teasing
4: Wow. Well, both people can play this game. Did you meet them in a bathroom? Billy Rose. You did. Because Senator was really she excited. Did not when he want to be in my bathroom. He stood in front of the fan yeah. for 30 minutes. All
1: right. I-, I want to apologize to that trucker. I was I was just trying to dry my pants. It did not look like I was trying to dry hump the dryer in the bathroom, in the men's bathroom at the South Hill <laughs> Sadler Travel Plaza. I. You know, I knew it looked stupid, but you know, I had water on my pants and I needed you know, to get dry because I didn't want to walk through the Saddler Travel Plaza with a big wet. Pacesmatic is an entertainment I mean, is that company wrong? Is which that develops wrong? gaming
2: software that players <laughs> love to play and can use their skills to win every time. Plus, these games of skill provide vital revenue to keep family-owned businesses like bars, restaurants, convenience stores, and truck stops
1: thriving. Bill. Shep Moss, thanks for coming by, thanks man. For You're always me. awesome. You that know was what? great. For some reason, you just make me laugh, and I, I love riffing with you. Uh, I want to thank the Sadler right Travel Plaza for hosting us in the driver's lounge, right here in beautiful South Hill, Virginia, uh, next week. Great. great Paysomatic is an Chicken. entertainment yeah. company. Yeah. Great. Which develops <laughs> gaming software the, the, that uh, players the love to guys. play. And they can, can use their awesome. skills
2: to win. Every time, plus <laughs> these games of skill provide vital revenue to keep family-owned businesses like bars, restaurants, convenience stores, and truck
4: stops thriving. With twelve convenient Bill. pumps out front, <laughs> yeah, except, except one,
1: one block. <laughs> except one that Hermy parks his car. Now you must own the place if you park right in front of
4: a gas pump. Just block the pump. Just block the pump. Block the pump. We you know have did that? Stop that? by and see to slip in a uh, convenience store. Family get a great because every time I pump a gallon of, of gas channel. here. If somebody uses a
2: credit card, I'm losing money. So, I think if I park my truck out there, then I'll just leave the gas in the ground
1: and be better off. See how the business model has changed for, oh, yeah. for Hermie. No wonder he's on this. Man, I like this, Hermie, by the way. Can you bring this back on Friday? Because we got so much to do. And we also have, coming up in the future, we've had a commitment from our former governor, Bob McDonald.
2: is an entertainment company I which develops gaming software that players <laughs> love to play. This is a contractual obligation. Put the have. donut in, Chad. And can use their skills to win every time. Plus... These games of skill provide vital revenue to keep their family businesses owned, like bars, restaurants,
4: convenience stores, and truck stops, thriving. You, Bill, know, what, ladies, you know, I yeah, think they want yeah, those uh, right. commercials spread out through the podcast, not no, right six now. deep. Right they're now. loving it, right?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator podcast coming to you from South Hill, Virginia. I'm still Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. And um, you know what, Chep? Have you tried the the banana pudding? And I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left. And congratulations congratulations for (laughs) for listening to
2: what probably is our last episode. We may or may not see you
1: next week. Goodbye. God bless you, everybody. We had fun. I hope you did, too.